0: Believers, this is Kelly Ward, and this is another episode of the Liberty from Captivity podcast. This is episode number five, and today is Friday, June 18th, 2021. And the title for today's show is Deliverance Basic Series Part Four, and I'm going to be talking about soul ties today. This podcast is a continuation of the Deliverance Basic Series, and I think I have at least one or two more planned for the series before I start shifting away from that and doing some more specific things. I just want to give a quick recap from episode four where we talked about authority. Real briefly, the authority was given to Adam, and that authority was lost in the garden through their sin and disobedience. God gave Jesus the authority when he was here on the earth. While Jesus was on the earth, many demons challenged his authority. Jesus exercised his authority over the demons, and he also gave us the authority over the demons. However, that does not include any authority over the principalities. That is completely outside of our realm. That is outside of our area of responsibility and outside of our area of authority. We must know how to use this authority. We must know that we have it. And we must know how to fight the enemy with it. Again, today I want to talk about soul ties. And this is one way that the enemy can get to us. That's one way that it, it's a tactic that he uses to fight us. And unfortunately, far too many people are, they just don't have very much knowledge of it. And they don't see how the enemy is using that against them. But I want to give you some biblical examples of how that works. And then I want to talk about some common ways that the enemy uses this against us. So with that said, what is a soul tie and how does it work? And what kind of soul ties are there? So in episode number three, I talked about open doors and I talked about the soul in that episode. What I think I failed to mention in that episode is that in the simplest of terms that the soul was made up of the mind, will, and emotions. So think of that as who you are as a person, like who you are underneath it all. Of course, you still have your spirit, but the soul is a spiritual component of our makeup along with your spirit, both of which are contained inside your body. With that in mind, many people recognize that there is some kind of a connection that draws two people together. For example, you may feel a strong connection to your spouse your parents, your friends, etc. And you should, especially your spouse. There's also connections between severed relationships as well. And even one Deliverance book that I read suggests that there may be even soul ties with somebody who's even passed away. I have not been able to verify that, though. Anyway, a simple way to define a soul tie is a spiritual connection between the souls of two people or animals. I know that that sometimes people can have an inordinate affection with animals. And I've even read that you can have a soul tie with, with a place. Now, again, I have not been able to verify those things. I haven't found biblical examples of those, but I have seen it suggested. So that's why it's so important to evaluate all of your relationships because this all boils down to your relationships and who you have in your life and who you should consider not having in your life. So let's think about this just for a moment. You know, I used to listen to a lot of country music back in my prodigal years. Actually, I was an atheist then, to put it bluntly. I think I'd spent about six years or seven years, something like that, running from God, and I just turned my back on Him completely. And of course, I did whatever I wanted to then, and I listened to any kind of music I wanted to. And, of course, I like to listen to, to country music. I listen to rock music and heavy metal, which that stuff is just absolutely terrible. But, uh, but anyway, I remember, I remember some songs, some country songs, that talked about soul ties, and they didn't recognize what it was, but they knew that there was something there. For example, there was a song sang by the country group Alabama called Old Flame. Part of the lyrics I remember are, There's an old flame burning in your eyes. Also, George Strait sang a song called A Fire I Can't Put Out. Part of the lyrics are, I'm finding out how hot an old flame can burn, You've got a feeling I haven't forgot, A love I can't unlearn. These songs describe an unseen connection between two people that are no longer in a relationship. This shows that the world understands that there is a phenomenon here at work, but they don't know what it is or why it's there. They just know that they feel a connection. So let's talk about biblical examples of soul ties because using the Bible is the best way to define them. The first and best example is the account in 1 Samuel chapter 18 between David and Jonathan. This is right after David had killed Goliath and he was brought before King Saul who questioned who he was. So I'm going to read 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, and it reads, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So if we look at the Hebrew word for knit, and and this particular verse is from the New King James Version, that word knit is kasar, and if you want to look this up in your Strong's Concordance, it is H7194. And that means to bind, to league together, to conspire. So think of it like this. So he was bound to his soul. And actually, that's what the MEV uses, the modern English version, which is probably my most preferred version. If you think about somebody who is knitting something, you are knitting together some, some sort of a thread or some sort of yarn. And you're putting, you're putting that into, to something as as you are uh, forming it together and you are making it so that the bonds are really, really tight and you can't pull them apart. They're, they're very, very tight and they're integrated very closely together. I think knit is a really good word to use because it describes the, how interwoven the relationship is between two people. So in other words, the souls of two people become interwoven with each other and it's hard to pull them apart unless you know how. So this example is a soul tie between good friends. In fact, it's a godly soul tie. So let's move on to another example of a godly soul tie. This comes from Genesis 2 verses 24 through 25 when God put Adam and Eve together therefore a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they will become one flesh they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed so we see here that god put adam and eve together and that word joined that i read was the hebrew word debak and that is h 1692 and that means be united close association And then also when it says become one, become one flesh. So the word one is the Hebrew word Ehad, and that's H259. And that means one as in united. So we see here that both of these words, even though joined and one are two different Hebrew words, they have very similar meanings. So if you you read this verse with that in mind, you see... That they were joined together. God put them together. They became one flesh. That's very similar to the account of Jonathan and David where their souls became knit together. When you become one flesh, two people become one. So you are very much joined together just, just as it states here. So this is, again, this is an example of a godly soul tie. And this one happens to be formed through marriage. So let's look at an example of an ungodly soul tie. This can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. And this is Paul speaking. What do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For two, he says, shall become one flesh. So here Paul uses the word joined, that is the Greek word kalao. and that is the strong's word G 2853 and that means closely associated, cling to, attached to. So since Paul uses this word, that is to say that you become attached and you become one body because he again reiterates here that you become one flesh. But we know here that if you if you have this kind of a union, an ungodly union between two unmarried people, or in this case, a sexual union, especially that you are, that, that you, uh, so you're not married and you form an ungodly soul tie. Anytime you have any kind of sexual contact with somebody else who you are not married to, even if it's rape or molestation, it's an, uh, an ungodly soul tie is formed. Now, now that we have defined soul ties, let's talk about how the enemy uses these against us. In the spirit world, a soul tie is a connection between two people, be it godly, ungodly, or both. And I've given biblical examples of those. So think of it like this. We've talked about open doors already. And when you have a soul tie, your door is open to the door of the other person that you are joined to. This connection is a spiritual highway between two people where demons can travel back and forth. That is a to me. That's kind of a scary notion because if you have a soul tie with somebody, even unbeknownst to you, you may have some demonic influence coming from them, and you may not even realize it. You may have already addressed some soul ties, especially perhaps maybe with a with a spouse or an ex-spouse or or somebody like that or somebody who's abused you. But maybe maybe there's something there, like with your friends or your family, and that's what I want to talk about here. Because I think these are important to understand because I want you to see how the enemy uses these subtle things in our lives to, to, to harass us, to torment us, and, and to cause problems in our lives. So let's talk about how some of these things go wrong. So I'm going to break these down topically, and the first one is sexual. So this includes things like fornication, adultery, homosexuality, rape, molestation, bestiality. And of course, sex, because you can have a sexual soul tie with your spouse or somebody who is not your spouse. And obviously, sex between a husband and a wife is a good thing. That is an example of a good godly soul tie, and God designed it that way. But if two people have sexual relations outside of marriage, you are guaranteed to form an ungodly soul tie and get demons from the other person. Remember the country songs that I just talked about? how two ex-lovers feel a connection with each other. Not only is there a connection, but the demons enforce that soul tie. They tag team each other, kind of like tag team wrestling. They will tag team each other and influence the people with their demonic power and draw them together and cause them to do things that they probably wouldn't even want to do. I mean, I have heard of stories of people who You know, they they were in a relationship, they got out of the relationship, but then they got back together just for the purpose of having sex. I've even heard of people doing that after they've gotten divorced. I think that's just kind of bizarre. But when you see this from a spiritual perspective, it it actually does make sense because there's still a soul tie there. And that's what draws them together. And of course, the demons are at work as well. So when you have a soul tie, especially in a sexual relationship, demons easily transfer from one person to the other. You could say that this is sexually transmitted demons. I, for one, don't want those. And I've gotten rid of those out of my life. And I have to tell you that is very liberating and very freeing. And you might ask the question, well, what about situations like rape and molestation? where maybe you were victimized, you were a victim, this was done against your will. Well, obviously, that's not the victim's fault, and that's not fair. I, and I completely agree that that is not fair. Sadly, though, the enemy doesn't fight fair, and a soul tie is still formed even with those things. And speaking of this, I want to share a testimony that was sent to me by a dear friend who gave me permission to share this on this podcast about this very topic. Of course, I'm not going to mention their name. When someone robs you of your innocence at a young age through rape, molestation, it sets you up for so many failures and disappointments in life. You may not feel it right away at a young age, but the enemy will use this as like an insurance policy later in life, especially as you mature, after you go through puberty, maybe you start to become sexually active. The enemy is going to use this against you. And, of course, it's not your fault if this ever happened to you. But Jesus is bigger than all of that, and this testimony will be a blessing to those who have been raped or or molested because it shows the power of breaking soul ties and shows the power of what it's like to live free from these things. So here is the testimony. Undoubtedly, there are ties in which, as times go by, you realize that they were not generated by you, but that another person in your naivety invaded your space, your privacy, your intimacy. Such is the case of sexual abuse. This invasion in childhood creates throughout life, throughout life attitudes and thoughts built by Satan's deception because you permanently think it is your fault. This is my case where for years, I thought that everything that happened was because of me where the enemy had me tied to a series of lies which affected my emotional life especially. When you go through sexual abuse, especially by a family member, you feel completely limited to speak. You feel you cannot walk in freedom. However, when you have an intimate relationship with Jesus, you realize that only He can break those bonds of insecurity, defeat, frustration, spiritual poverty, and above all, He can erase those evil traces left by that person in you. Only He can restore and eliminate any feelings of guilt. Although what happened was not my fault, it was necessary to invite the Holy Spirit to be part of that carnal break with the one who had contaminated life, because only then could I have a healthy heart and a future with purpose. As the Word says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That is freedom that Jesus wants us to experience. The mere fact of speaking allows you to walk in another dimension and grow as that son or daughter loved by God. Even if we do not understand why we went through situations that affect our integrity, the Lord makes those events mean nothing compared to His glory. Romans 8 verse 18 for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So we see here by this testimony from my friend that the enemy uses these things to cause all kinds of problems in your life, not only to cause sexual problems, but to make you think it's your fault, to plant within you guilt and shame and condemnation, and and to make you feel like less of a person, to... to, to give you a poor self image. And that just obviously is not God's will for us. But as you can see here, and I know that I know this person has gone through the process of breaking the soul tie. They are walking in complete freedom now, and they are a completely changed person. Thanks to the finished work on the cross by our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Now I want to talk about soul ties that may be associated within families. So this is another topic. So we've covered sexual, now I want to cover family. So this is the second one. This can manifest in many different ways, but some of the ways that I as I had studied about this include things like domination, manipulation, controlling, abuse, etc. So here's kind of an example. Let's just say that there is a manipulating parent and they ch- and they have a child and that manipulating parent by what they are doing to try to control the child has damaging effect on them. They may not realize it, but it causes the problems in that child's relationships. For example, let's just think about a meddling mother who is always in her son's business. He confides in her, even though he's already married, but he should be confiding in his wife instead because as the word says, As I read in Genesis 2, verse 24 through 25, that a man should leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. But this does happen. Furthermore, what if that mother doesn't like her daughter-in-law? Well, now there's strife introduced into the relationship because of the mother-son relationship, and things get way out of godly balance. I was reading in a book titled Spiritual Warfare by Richard Ng where he describes a situation with a domineering mother who had an ungodly soul tie with her son. And I'm just paraphrasing here uh, because I don't, to, I don't want to plagiarize, but I do want to give credit here. But I'm just giving just a quick summary. But her son had schizophrenia as w- and was in an insane asylum. The mother broke the ungodly soul tie, and the son recovered instantly. The schizophrenia left, and he left the asylum. So this domination and manipulation are controlling and dishonest, and this obviously is not how God operates. That's a tool of the enemy. Furthermore, these are the tricks that that Jezebel used. So think about that. If you've ever struggled with domination and manipulation and controlling, I would highly advise you to seek God and ask him to show you what this is, because if there is a Jezebel at work, you can get free from it. Although I don't know very many people who have, I only know of one person and I don't know them that well, but they do work in another ministry. Now there is another spiritual concept at work involving immediate families, and that's the concept of generational curses. However, even though there may be some similarities between generational curses and families and soul ties, and maybe they, they, they kind of run together. That is for another show, and I think that's probably what I'll be doing my next show on. Well, not just generational curses, but curses in general to include generational curses. Okay, so the next one I want to talk about are your friends, acquaintances, and co-workers. The controlling spirit doesn't have to always be through a parent. It can be A friend co-worker or a supervisor so your friends are an area that you need to be on guard about i'm not saying to be suspicious of everyone but it's important to evaluate who you run with you don't want evil influence in your life it's a good idea to let god show you which friendships to have and which ones to break as it says in 1 corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 do not be deceived bad company corrupts good morals And that is very true. And it also says to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And I forget exactly where it states that. I don't have that readily available, but that's something that just came to mind. And since I had mentioned your coworkers or supervisors, sometimes they can be a bit controlling. And obviously, you don't want to have that in your life. So you want to make sure that you break any soul ties with them and you honor their position but you do things in a godly way you don't ever want to put any kind of strife between the two of you but make sure that you pray for that person and honor their position and pray for god to bless them but don't don't succumb to their controlling ways also if you are a new christian it is important to understand that the enemy will work hard to drag you back into his kingdom perhaps your cree christian friends may try to get you back into into the bar to drink to start taking drugs again to push you into doing something that you know was wrong maybe it's sex outside of marriage whatever it is you have to cut ties with those people physically yes that's obvious but you also have to cut the soul tie as well okay the next one is is i want to talk about the husband and the wife i mentioned earlier that there can be godly and ungodly soul ties but did you know that they can actually occur in the same relationship together This is especially true if you're married and and you have ever experienced strife, abuse, manipulation, adultery, etc. So what happens here is even though you may forgive, the spiritual doors are open for the evil influence to flow. You may go back and forth from good times to bad in in your marriage. And nearly everyone that I have ever ministered to who was married, I led most of them through breaking the ungodly soul ties with their spouses. Now, when you break the ungodly soul ties, you keep the godly ones. So I just want to make that, just want to make that known. After breaking the soul ties, deliverance can happen and then the demons leave and then healing and restoration can occur in the marriage. And while we are talking about this, there is a wonderful ministry that has a Bible-based premarital and marital courses. They address soul ties within their courses and they will also greatly help you in your relationship, whether you're married or engaged and want to get married. They will help you identify problems area you didn't know you had. You will find new freedom as they help you out with these things. And it is called 2 Equal 1. And their website is number two equal onecom That's www2 equal I would highly recommend them if you are planning to get married or if you are already married. They have a lot of wonderful spiritual concepts there. And again, they will help you to address those soul ties from your past so that you can go into your marriage. Or if you already are married, they will help you to heal your current marriage. The next one I want to talk about is church. Believe it or not, this can be an easy way for the enemy to take advantage of you because church should be the safest place we should go, right? However, most Christians, at least here in the U.S., have never been delivered. Many of them are good, well-meaning people, but again, the enemy doesn't fight fair. This can manifest in a variety of ways, but particularly through a religious spirit, the spirit of pride, as in spiritual pride, and controlling and sometimes even Jezebel. I have seen this religious spirit, and particularly the spirit of pride in operation, and I can tell you that it is a most uncomfortable feeling. Now, that's not to say that obeying your, uh, your leadership is wrong, or submitting yourself to your leadership is wrong. No, not at all. You should always honor the leadership at your church, because God put them into that position. Those are God's anointed. But, When these spirits are in operation you need to break the soul tie with that person they may not realize especially if they were a pastor they may not realize that they really are flowing with a dual stream where they are flowing with the godly they have godly anointing on them but yet they have these other things over here that they don't know that they need to be delivered from and those two things will run together another way that this can happen is with idolatry on part of the congregation There are a lot of big-name pastors and evangelists whom people idolize. But we have to remember that God has put them into their positions, but that doesn't mean that you idolize them. The anointing that is on them is the Holy Spirit, and that is who you are seeing. If that has happened to you, obviously just remember that they are human just like we are, and yes, they have a, a place of importance, but they are just doing God's work. So. That can set up a soul tie as well if if you have idolized any of those people in those positions. Now that soul ties have been explained, it's time to talk about how we deal with them. Let's take this step by step. And this is really, really easy to to break these soul ties. It's important to say these out loud because you are making a declaration. And remember, you have the authority just as we have talked about in the previous episode. So step number one is repentance. As I had mentioned before, deliverance is a repentance-based ministry. So the first step is, is to always repent for the sins that you committed that opened the door to that relationship. Now, before I move on to step two, I just want to state that in the case of abuse or rape, obviously that is not your fault. However, the enemy will finger point to you with things like guilt, shame, condemnation, worthlessness, hopelessness, sexual immorality, etc. This is obviously not God's will, but I would play it safe and repent for those negative feelings and emotions anyway. Step two, you need to forgive the other person. Step three, declare out loud that you break the soul tie with that other person. Step four, command the demons to leave. And I plan to talk more about the deliverance process in a future episode. So let me just illustrate this by just a quick, simple example. Let's say that there are two people named Rob and Sally, and I'm just making up those names. I'm, I don't know anybody named Rob and Sally, so I'm just making those up. Those are fictional names that I'm using. And let's say that they had premarital sex. They form an ungodly soul tie because it was a sexual union outside of marriage. So here's, very, very simply, here's how you can do it. Again, they need to repent for their sins by confessing and repenting for fornication. They need to forgive the other person. And they can declare out loud, for example, they might say, I command that this ungodly soul tie with Rob or Sally to be broken in Jesus' mighty name. And then you simply use your authority and command the demons to leave. It's really just that simple. So I will go over that one more time. Number one, repent. Number two, forgive the other person. Number three, declare out loud that you break the soul tie with that person. And four, you command the demons that came in through that soul tie to go in Jesus' name. It's really that easy. So in summary, you can see that the enemy uses relationships against us. I suggest letting the Holy Spirit show you how to deal with all of your relationships. Obviously, some relationships are difficult to walk away from, like family. Friends who influence you to do the wrong things need to be scrutinized. Part of the deliverance process is dealing with soul ties and closing those doors. It's just one of among several things that need to be addressed prior to the actual deliverance process. There are at least two more shows to cover before we end this particular basic series. Again, I think the next one probably will be on curses, and I think I have one more planned that might be on the actual deliverance process, or it might be a combination of putting everything together and then to include the deliverance process. So I don't quite know yet. I'm going to have to pray about that. I hope that this show and the testimony from my friend that was given to you was a blessing, and I hope that this is very helpful to you. If you have any questions or comments about this show or about any previous shows or just comments or questions in general, you can post them in the blog section at www.libertyfromcaptivity.com or you can also go into the contact section on the website and you can send me a message there and it will go to my email. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of the week and have a blessed weekend and God bless you.
1: And wonder where he is in all this mess. He's right there to guide you. Unseen, you're not alone. His light shines. God above has hands to heal Saves us from our faults and fears Giving us the peace that we so desperately need Give me shelter